From the Ohio News Network, this is the ONN Daily Podcast. It is Thursday, February 11th, 2021. From the Ohio News Network, I'm Daniel Barnett. Ohio's statewide overnight curfew came to an end today as Governor Mike DeWine allowed the order to expire at noon. DeWine stated last month the curfew could be lifted if the state reported fewer than 2,500 COVID-19-related hospitalizations for seven consecutive days. As of today, the state had recorded nine such days in a row. A 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. curfew had been in place since November, but was pushed to 11 p.m. two weeks ago amidst decreasing COVID-19 hospitalizations. People in the bar and restaurant industry called the curfew news a welcome announcement. Olivia Eugenio reports. Restaurants are hoping to see the love this weekend. Being able to have this change for Valentine's weekend is nice. John Barker is the president and CEO of the Ohio Restaurant Association. A lot of restaurateurs told us that it just felt like they, the, the guests were feeling a lot of pressure when they were there to finish up. It felt a little bit hurried. And then more importantly, a lot of guests just would not make reservations, you know, anytime past about 8 o'clock. Olivia Eugenio in Columbus. The Ohio Department of Health says as many as 4,000 COVID-19 deaths may have been underreported through the state's reporting system. Officials say those deaths will now be added to the state's tally during the coming week. Officials say process issues affecting the reconciliation and reporting of these deaths began in October, with most occurring in November and December. The department identified the problem during a routine employee training. The department says it will continue working with the Auditor of State's Office, which has been doing an audit of COVID-19 data since September. About 10% of Americans have gotten at least one dose of either the Pfizer or Moderna vaccine. Angela Ann has more with Dr. Hal Paz from Ohio State University in Columbus on the importance of effective distribution. Today, government officials are shipping more doses to 6,500 pharmacies and focusing on those in the underserved communities. It is something our local health leaders say is extremely important. The underserved communities, minority communities, black and brown, as well as the rural communities have to have access to testing to all the information that we can share about social distancing and masks, but ultimately we have to get them vaccinated. I'm Angela Ann. Daycare providers across the state are pushing to get access to coronavirus vaccines. Andrew Kinsey has more with Columbus Daycare organizer Nikki Henry. Uh, the current phase only includes K-12 through teachers. Daycare providers say they are considered essential workers and have been working with kids in person since reopening back in June, while many teachers have been working remotely. Without our early childhood programs that are in Ohio, the parents wouldn't be able to go back to work. They wouldn't be able to be successful. Every time we have to shut down schools, because it is happening at preschools, these families have to go back to their employers and try to figure out, how can I stay home and work? Now, the state says there is no timetable available for them at this time. I'm Andrew Kinsey. Former State Treasurer Josh Mandel made it official yesterday. The Republican is running for the U.S. Senate seat being left open by Rob Portman. Mark Namick reports. The 43-year-old Mandel ran for the U.S. Senate in 2012, losing to Democrat Sherrod Brown. Mandel abruptly abandoned a rematch in 2018. Known for his campaign rhetoric, Mandel says he has no plans to reach across the aisle to Brown or even to summon his own party. I am going to Washington to pulverize what I call the Uniparty. This group of Democrats and Republicans who sound the same, stand for nothing. Mandel will likely face several primary opponents, including former party chairwoman Jane Timken. I'm Mark Namick. 
An Ohio lawmaker says it's time to hold those who fail to stop for a stopped school bus accountable. Andrew Kinsey reports the law would add to the $500 fine that can already be leveled against offenders. Ohio State Senator Teresa Gavarone introduced the School Bus Safety Act as part of a proposed law that would create a civil fine of $300 for failing to stop. She says under her bill, cameras on buses would catch the drivers not stopping. This would eliminate the role of bus drivers to identify the driver, which is the case for criminal charges. You know kids are getting off or getting on a school bus. So it's particularly egregious for someone to go past a school bus under those circumstances. I'm Andrew Kinsey. The Ohio Department of Transportation is reminding Ohio drivers to give snowplow trucks space on the roadway. The warning comes after a second plow truck was struck by a motorist in Ohio in the same 24-hour period. ODOT reports the latest collision took place last night in Hawking County. The state highway patrol reports no one was injured in that crash. As we previously reported, a drunk driver struck a plow truck in Stark County Tuesday night, but again, no injuries were reported. ODOT says motorists should slow down and move over when they see plow trucks flashing lights. Larry Flint, the founder and publisher of Hustler magazine and a one-time Columbus resident, passed away yesterday. Yolanda Harris has more from Columbus. His family says Flint died heart failure at his home in California, but he also used to live here in central Ohio. He had a home in Bexley, and he also opened a Hustler Hollywood store nearly a decade ago in Clintonville, but it closed back in 2013. Larry Flint was 78 years old. I'm Yolanda Harris. Flint was born in Kentucky. He opened his first bar in Dayton and eventually had hustler clubs in Akron, Cleveland, Columbus, Cincinnati, and Toledo before he began publishing his magazine in 1974. He then moved on to California. And health officials in Columbus have proposed a plan that would allow a limited number of fans to attend Columbus Blue Jackets games at Nationwide Arena. According to a release from the Blue Jackets, the plan would allow Nationwide Arena to allow a number of fans up to 10% of its capacity, just under 2,000 people. The plan must be submitted to the Ohio Department of Health for final approval. If approved, the organization said they would need at least a week to make preparations. Special thanks to affiliate stations WBNS-TV in Columbus and WKYC-TV in Cleveland for their contributions to today's newscast. I'm Daniel Barnett on the Ohio News Network. This has been the ONN Daily Podcast, a production of Radio Ohio Incorporated on the Ohio News Network.